Oh, mine was little. <laughs> Megan, that was the worst burp I think I've heard on the show. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chatting Between Takes. It's Wednesday evening for us, and uh, welcome whatever time you're listening. I'm Sean Benson, and my co-host... Emily. And By the way, my burp was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. And we have today with us uh, Megan Hutchings. Um, Hutchings. Am I saying that right? Yeah. <laughs> Megan Hutchings. Megan. Megan Hutchings. Uh, phenomenal actress, wonderful friend of ours. And, uh, you know, the other night we were out for pizza and, well, I was eating pizza and uh, and drinks and we just couldn't stop talking and I thought, well, well Megan, you, you just have, have to come pizza? over. You had a burger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, pizza with just fries. Going out uh, <laughs> equals pizza for me. So, uh, so okay, I didn't have pizza, but we were out sitting and we just couldn't stop talking. And that's one of those, like, we got to get Megan in and, and do the podcast. So thanks for coming over. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me over. How was the gardener? Uh, I left my house at 5. I was supposed to be here at 6. I left my house at 4.30 and I got here six or 6.10, 10 minutes late. Wow. And how far what? away would that be on a Sunday morning? Uh, 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice stuff. So you live uh, not in Toronto? <laughs> in suburbia. <laughs> in suburbia? In Whitby? Oshawa, but Oshawa. I say Whitby. <laughs> <laughs> is right. Whitby better than Oshawa yeah. on the GTA scale? Yeah. I'm new to this, like... Yo, um, what is the scale? This, like, what co- the Osh- Toronto's on top, and then what? It goes Toronto, uh, Scarborough... Pickering. Wait, you're telling me no, the Scarborough's like no, second. No, no, like I mean, not on the direction. What? Socially, like social, oh. social scale. Like, would it be like <laughs> you Toronto, don't want Oakville, <laughs> Mississauga? Would those be the top three? I don't know. Okay, Oshawa. Have do you ever listen to The Edge? Yes. They always make fun of Oshawa, so right. it's like the schwa. It's it's like a dirty. I think it's one of the cocaine capitals of. Of Ontario. Hot. My yeah. my Hot. small town was a, the meth capital. It was? <laughs> yeah, apparently. After I left, there was like a big report. Now, are, are these per capita or are these just actually, I like there's know. more meth being done in Listowel than in Guelph? I don't know. I th- I think it had something to do with like meth labs. Do you know what I, I did don't... learn about Oshawa though is that everyone thinks it's so dirty, but the reason is, is because it's the only, um, there's a woman's shelter, a homeless shelter, and a methadone clinic the only town from Toronto to Ottawa. Really? Oh, so wow. that's So these why. are good things. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, so that, I, I feel like, makes it a So it's, it's sort of place. like snobbery. It's a caring, it's a caring uh, city. So hmm. so have we figured out the ranking yet? I, I, like, I'm not from Toronto, so I always guessed it was like Toronto, Oakville, because it's like... No, Oakville is number Oakville. one. Oakville is number one. More than Toronto. Well, yeah. it depends on no. what you want to do. Would you really rather live in Oakville, though? I mean, people from middle America don't even know where Oakville is. Therefore, it can't be better than Toronto. Well, what's better, though? What are we talking well, about? What do you want? Were, weren't we talking about, like, snobbery? Snobbery? Oh. Uh, well, kind level? of. No, it's more like if you, just being a, you know, young person, would you rather live in Scarborough? Or oh, would you'd you want to live, live in, in Toronto. Oshawa. Well, exactly. Because, yeah. like, now then I. Then one second, like, if you were from Mississauga, would you lie and say you were from Oakville? Because you know how you were lying. <laughs> Or if you're from anyway. Streetsville, Shay Ho. That's what we're getting at. Well, that's kind of what we're <laughs> Totally. Yeah. You're not even from Oshawa. It's even worse. What's worse than Oshawa? What would be next one down? Scarborough? Scar- I, I mean, I've been Oshawa, out to like, Scarborough a bit. It depends where, where on where you are Ajax there, Where does Ajax lie on this spectrum? Ajax? Ajax? I don't even know. I mean, I actually sold a, a, a 1979 Firebird to a guy from Ajax. It was nice out there. Got a good place, and the garage was nice, and he paid me cash. Every town cash. has its pros and its cons. So do you think when you grow up, 
do you want to live in a city or a suburbia or a town or the country? And when I grow up, yeah, and I and I have the choice. I yeah, like I do you live find when I grow up? Yeah, do you, do you see yourself settling like in a country home? If oh, I had, if I had the financial freedom and and the life that I wanted, and then mm-hmm. I want to add an addendum to this question. So okay. go ahead with that. What Em just asked. Okay, uh, I would love to live on maybe like a, a ranch or a farm outside of the city. Right. Yeah. With animals. I feel very much the same because, yeah. uh, but, but, you know, it, it, we're t- if we're talking financial means, yeah. then like a condo in Toronto or not even a condo, but like a rad place mm-hmm. and then a killer farmhouse right. that's got like a studio and, if you we know, had the, the financial, Yeah, to have both, of course. What about without the financial? So your acting's going well, but it's not going ranch and town. Ta- you know what I'm saying? You're 35 years old. You're acting nicely. You're not loaded. You're a working actor. You're a working actor. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to be in Toronto? Do you want to be in the country? Do you want to be in LA? Do you want to be in LA? Do you want to be in Nashville? Oh, Nashville sounds nice, but I've never been in Nashville. Never been, we've never been <laughs> no. either. We planned a road trip and got waylaid. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm going back to LA Friday morning. Mm-hmm. So I really, the happiest time I've had in LA was living in the Palisades, which was close oh, to Malibu, which was there. outside it's of everything. Gorgeous. Yeah, we went to a wedding there and it was super nice. I love the Palisades. For me, the Palisades yeah. is one of those places that's, um, you know, you get kind of a lot of the benefits of Malibu. Yeah. Uh, you just don't have to take that hike up the PCH, yeah. which, you know, Every person I know who moves to LA thinks they want to live in Malibu or Topanga so at one point. Because you drive packs, you know, down down Topanga, you see the like g- market there with the hippies still living there. And the, the hippies made sign. my dream catcher in Topanga. There you go, right? Yeah. So, for $135. We, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have to. Don't uh, tell everyone how much I Wait paid. a minute. Are you trying to say hippies have cashed in? Yeah. It's, no. a, be- it's a beautiful dream catcher. Damn you hippies. That shirt they ripped up must have been expensive. <laughs> But this is why no one ends up going to the beach after they're in, in Los Angeles for a I month. I haven't been to the beach in so long. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. We went to, Last time we went down, we stayed uh, on Venice Beach for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <clears throat> for all the time I lived there. I, I ended up not going to the beach after the first few months. Yeah. And then we went and it was like a vacation. I couldn't believe it. And then I got a friend who's going to live downtown. Oh. Downtown. I don't know much about downtown. I hear people That's talk bad. That's why he likes it. But people talk bad about it, but I've been there and it's kind of cool. Like we, it's neat. We, when my boss and I, um, I used to go down to do buying for the store I was working yeah. at and all the fashion district is downtown. So that was the, my first yeah. dose of LA and I kept hearing like, downtown LA isn't really LA and I was so confused but now I get it that I've seen more but I I like it in its own special way and it's really artsy it's and very like, artsy yeah there's well, lots I of things up and coming downtown like I used to buy heroin at 5th and Broadway or 7th and San Julian like in daylight like you could just look at the guy and it was never the same guy it was a different guy every time but it was the guy and it's just pretty obvious by how he's standing or what yeah, he's doing yeah it's still super sketch you go down I the wrong turn I think that's changed a little though it's pretty there are some strips that we there would are, walk by yeah. and it is like and I'm such an idiot I went to a birthday party there uh, in October but we went down the street and it was late at night and it was all like the garage doors. I was like, why is there so many storage units here? Like, <laughs> Megan, you're an idiot. Like, that's so the people don't break into the storefront. Blonde yeah. moment. Yeah. Blonde moment. Yeah. Um, but so it's still pretty rough. Well, that's what the, the sort of phrase was about five or eight years ago was uh, from the first floor up. Downtown's been rejuvenated. So you got these yeah. condos and there was a condo that sold for like four million bucks. This is going back to like 2007. Like I think it was pre 
crash. Uh, but what you were getting for four million bucks for me was nothing compared to what you could get in the hills or whatever for four mm. million. In other words, not as good. Yeah. And that was a real sort of gong that was heard around LA that downtown's coming up. Right. It's now and you know, like Ryan Gosling had a place down there and Kiefer Sutherland had like a lofty warehousey thing and people were starting to go, Oh, what's going on downtown? Hmm. Um but the thing about downtown for me, and it's kind of what you were saying, it's still ill defined, right? Like it's not like you've got Silver Lake and Los Feliz or Los Feliz or whatever right beside each other but they're different downtown's yeah. still just downtown and it, yeah I don't and in like five I wouldn't years, know like which exactly. streets or what area is it, it'll be safe. determined I'm sure someone soon. does but you know, yeah. maybe we just and, and Angelino do you have your Facebook going for do Megan? do my Facebook going? I do actually we got okay, the post cool. let's see uh, who wants to write in with some castiones well you, you got some questions for us Megan shoot <laughs> I said I was going to ask you about uh, love. <laughs> We're supposed to be hosting you. And she wants to ask okay, us about love. I have love. a question. So how how long have you guys lived in this house together for? A year? Two. Two years two, already? Two and a bit, yeah. So what was the, how was the transition of living separately and then and living together like? How has it changed your relationship? Yeah, I had lived um, alone previous to this. And I had a, an apartment on college Sweet right downtown. Apartment. It was like... I would say 250 square feet. The whole apartment was less than this space we're in. Right. Like fully oh, less. Wait, like okay. less and than like half. could bang your head on the ceiling. Not quite, but But I loved it and it, it was, was my first the first thing I could afford on my own and I made it really cute on my own. So I really loved it and enjoyed the time. And moving to the junction was scary for me because yeah, I really liked downtown and but we ended up meeting someone who had this place and it just kind of fell in our lap. And at first it was like, Whoa. Had you guys been discussing living together? Yeah. Well, so this Previous was the good thing. So okay. I had lived, you know, you came up and did, yeah, yeah. did the headshots up at Vaughn Road, uh, which was when I was moving back, it was actually my mom who beautifully said to me, as I was looking for the perfect place in like the perfect neighborhood, uh, and I couldn't find it for the, the rent I wanted and to be able to shoot photos in it, she said, it just gets somewhere for now. It doesn't have to be forever. Yeah. It doesn't. You don't. It doesn't even have to be for a year. Although mm-hmm. it probably will be. So I got that place, and I loved it. It had the great front yeah, room you for loved shooting. It there. Loved that place. Yeah. And we loved hanging out there together. I also loved going to her apartment too. It mm-hmm. was working. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of knew we wanted to live together. So for me, the bonus was this place came up through a friend, of a friend of a friend who wasn't going to sell it, but it wasn't really a rental property. So the point was, is there was a great deal on a great house. And for anyone listening, you know, we moved from like a basement apartment with one window and a good studio, but in like a nondescript neighborhood up near where like guys still get shot. To a three uh, floor, beautiful To a three floor, beautiful house. And you know, uh, I mean, it costs, but it doesn't cost maybe what other people might be paying for the same thing. So, but it's in the junction, which is west, Mm -hmm. which is pretty far west. And you really liked Little Italy. Yeah, I really liked downtown. So I was nervous, but... Um, having a bike, I can bike. I bike downtown in like 20 minutes and I love this neighborhood. It's fantastic. Like the strip of Dundas West is so cool. Like we, we were out with Megan the other night at Indiel House, which is like my favorite. There's Cantina and there's a new Italian restaurant. There's always like, it's very fresh and very new. Well, so this brings up an interesting, like like a sort of conversational question for me is when do you let good be good? Right? Because... Uh, the, the deeper question for me here is having an idea of what it is to either be an artist or be young mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, be like for me, I'm, it's, I'm always uh, worried about settling into a nine to five or thing that might inhibit my like vibe or my heart or my gut. 
when is it, when is that bullshit? And it's just awesome to have a nice place in a great neighborhood where you sleep at night without sirens and there's no one smoking totally. pot down through the vents at night. Yeah. Or when is that what you want? This has been a be question vibrantly. I've been asking myself lately because when I was a kid, I had such, or in high school, I had such a clear picture of yeah. what I wanted my life to be like. And it was extreme because I wanted to prove myself that I was going to become something that I I wasn't like I was raised in a small town I wanted to live in a big city like everything was kind of had to be opposite for me right instead of a happy medium and now looking back I'm like I wanted to be like you know uh living in New York and being a hard ass mm-hmm. and living in some small shitty apartment which I still kind of want to do and I'm I've been like questioning whether or not to check in with yourself and be like is this the life I want to be living or is that was that just a fantasy and to allow the organic process of how my life is forming and making 100%. choice after choice after choice and then you go okay this is what it's looking like but it is hard I don't I don't know I don't think that you should question because you have a nice home or because you live in a nice neighborhood or because you're happy in your home environment that you're sat or you're you're jeopardizing like your artist heart or right. Right? I don't think that you have to like live in in um in sadness or or torture or whatever to to keep moving forward artistically yeah, i think that's I think a misconception that in our world too, i think it is too yeah. yeah i think it is too if anything like i i would i don't think i've ever i didn't grow up in like a happy home ever or like a nice home with nice things so i don't think it's wrong to want those things like when i walk in your guy's door it's comfortable and it's homey and like i said there's a good vibe and that's important you should Mm-hmm. Everyone should have that. They should have somewhere where they feel safe and supported. Well, so this and to it me, doesn't mean that your your heart, your artistic heart is, you know. Yeah, yeah. I talk really openly about, you know, not drinking or doing drugs anymore. Yeah. And part of that for me was exactly what you're talking about, was the fear that I would no longer be interesting, that I'd no longer have edge, and that I'd no longer create, you right. know. Because it's pretty easy to get hammered and mm-hmm. throw paint at a canvas. Mm-hmm. Now, is it good? I don't know. But you wake up and you have a painting, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I wrote a drunken novel, and right. it's awful. But I wrote a novel, <laughs> and believe me, sitting drunk at my keyboard, I really felt like vibrant. Yeah. There's nothing to it. There's no story. It's not interesting. Yeah. Now, since I've gotten... Uh, financially secure and also day-to-day pretty good some days are better than others you know Um, I've actually created so much more shit I take photos or or create or write movies with you guys and direct stuff and all of a sudden my art has bizarrely flourished when I got rid of all those uh, pseudo artistic behaviors I agree because I think we all or I have felt like fearful in the past that like if I resolve this issue then like I'm not going to be able to draw it on it anymore and then it's Mm going to be gone and then like I'm not going to be able to use that and I need that to tap into but I don't think that's true I think the healthier we are in our personal life the better we'll do in our artistic world yeah because otherwise you drowned in your personal life and you can't do anything I think so too and I think there's almost like a, a functioning like moodaholic right like mm-hmm. you can you can get by on it for a while and uh, it for creates, a while exactly a while. and it can be like really great for a while including dating wise you yeah. know like you can date dramatically for a good while yeah. either a bunch of people or one person yeah but eventually, is that the... We've, is that ta- we've talked about this before, that I think we mistake drama and excitement for passion. Oh, yeah. That like, oh my God, this person's so interesting and they bring out all this like sides of me and rah, 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 rah. But like it gets exhausting and then you just want, you want some stability and normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. terms of, of our living together, yeah. uh, you know, 
well, like, like the other night, Em followed me around the house while I had the guitar and I was kind of half cooking. And it was just to write one line of a song. It's like, mm -hmm. let's write this line of a song. Now, for me, that's like my guts go weird when I'm challenged. And it's not a challenge from her, but that's just my weird kid makeup yeah. where it's like, what? <laughs> I have to win this or like, you know, and I get weird. But we sit with it. Challenged yeah. in terms of like writing the song? Yeah. yeah. Even, even if I'm alone, I have that feeling right. of like, yeah. uh, you know, I'm putting myself on a spot. Yeah. And the point though is that I'd way rather that we walk around the house and hurt to find a lyric than hurt because I've decided uh, that she's wronged me uh, by, I don't know what, some... Mm -hmm. I don't even know what some guy at a he did a play with being like nice or something like yeah right. but for me oh so this is a good question because M sometimes asks me why I'm not really jealous yeah there's no answer other than time yeah because I used to be a super jealous guy it wasn't a good thing it never panned out and I was never right I was jealous of mistakes yeah. but if she's like why aren't you jealous anymore just because I got older and I kind of got bored of my own thoughts yeah that were always wrong it's definitely, I think, an age thing. I was talking to a friend today who also has an age gap like we do. And yeah. he was like, you know, I went through this thing with my girl. And she wanted this dramatic thing out of our conversation. And it did turn <laughs> dramatic. And then I just kind of finished my work for the day. And then took me a couple hours. And then I got sad afterwards. But, like, it was easy for him to, you know, separate his, what he needed to get done with yeah. whatever. And when you're in, I think... I think it's just when you're in your 20s or when you're in whatever age, you you thrive on that sort you of do like thrive drama. on it, yeah. And I I definitely admit that I I kind of like that bit of it too. But like, I find with Sean, I'm always just like, what? You don't remember that we just had an argument? He's like, no, don't like not really. What like you know what I mean? It's easier to throw away when you're yeah. yeah, there. yeah. Do you find yourself a jealous person or do you think you're um? Well, I haven't been in a relationship for a long time. Right. Really? Like not even like a relationship? Like even if it's dating? Um, a little bit, but nothing that would like serious. I don't I don't get jealous and like um like why are you talking to that person or like who's this person on your Facebook? But I think within myself I'll start to compare. Right. Ooh, which is yeah. unhealthy. So I'll be like, oh, that's that's his ex. I should look at pictures of her. Oh, she's like really skinny. And then that's just like a, a really negative cycle. Oh, yeah. So it, I, I, I don't. Looking at the ex is Yeah, I don't project <laughs> the jealousy on the other person. It's just my, I'll like, I'll start to project it on myself kind of. I wonder right? what that's about. You know what I mean? Like I wonder where that fits in terms of uh, like health and esteem. And I mean, there's no one answer, but yeah. you know, what kind of person uh, goes outward and goes, how dare you? Yeah. And what kind of, kind of person goes, oh, if only I were better. That's exactly what I'll never, I always put on myself, not the other person. Hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely have become, and it's yeah. one of these things where, you know, I talk a lot about uh, like health uh, on the podcast, I mean, uh, and, and in life I talk about it as well, but, you know, just like therapeutic, like whether you actually go to a therapy, like getting in touch with your subconscious. Yeah. So you're not just running riot at the, at the hand of, habitual crap, whatever. Um, so, you know, that's where my jealousy used to come from. These days, as healthy as I think I'm getting, like last night I woke up at 4 a.m. and just lay awake for an hour. Now, there's no way I'm not aware that I'm turning 40. There's no way I'm not aware of, I don't know, a ton of stuff that you're going to go to L.A. Emily's going to go to L.A. Yeah. for, um, you know, a, a while to 
to go. And it's such a beautiful thing. Like we fight hard to have a relationship where, you know, that kind of stuff works and I'll go down for Valentine's Day. But there's no way I'm not aware of these things. Of course, and that's yeah. that whole blind spot idea. Mm-hmm. And that for me again is where like I'm not checking out M's exes or what guy she's sh- making out with in some new commercial online. I have no interest in it. I don't care. But I'm sure I care somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you have to put all the information somewhere and it's like where you store it yeah. and when that stuff comes up. Well, I do this thing with a, well, I go to therapy every week, but she talks about like when you go into that place of like, I'm not good enough or I'm not this enough or I'm not that enough, like where's the evidence supporting these statements? Ooh, and like usually that. there's no evidence that you're not good enough or you're not smart enough. It's a story that you're telling yourself. Yeah. I want to fire my agent about once a month. <laughs> uh, and my career, since I got healthy and since I moved back to Toronto, has only gotten better every year. Right. I've shot more stuff, uh, put more money in the bank, and also on a non-specific level, like grown my community of people like yourself who mm-hmm. I'm like friends with and who want to hang out with me or us. Mm-hmm. That was never the case before. It was it was dynamic and erratic, but yeah. there was never a consistency. My point is, that's the evidence. Yeah. The graph is climbing. Yeah. The needle's moving in the right direction. Yeah. But if I go by my feelings on a daily basis, I'd have been with every agent in this city mm-hmm. five times over mm-hmm. because the second it doesn't go my way, mm-hmm. all that insecurity, all that crap floods in. And I think a lot of it has to do, and I think this has to do with jealousy too, is control, mm-hmm. right? Because I go, I audition, or I you know, answer all the questions of somebody mm-hmm. who's thinking about doing photos, mm-hmm. and then I've basically thrown the ball off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Now what I want to do, it's like anything, right? The moment of release is great. Like when you sit with someone and you break up with them, but it's like that good breakup. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, this is so healthy. I feel so good about this. Well, of course, you're in the room with them still. Yeah. You haven't left them. You yeah. may as well be talking about where you're going for dinner that night if mm-hmm. you pull the camera back and turn the volume down. Yeah. It's two weeks later that when is. you feel like texting that person or calling yeah. them. The, the proof is, are you broken up or aren't you? Yeah. And are you willing to sit with the pain or aren't you? Yeah. And for me, that's uh, the insanity of having no idea what those little things inside me that are biting me and again like it's just one of those things where the evidence that's I, i'm just hanging yeah, on to yeah, what yeah. you just said yeah look and at the evidence and by the way i think the corollary is you know if i think uh i'm really funny but no one's ever laughed <laughs> then i'm probably not funny yeah. so the evidence the other yeah. way can sometimes help me yeah. you know hey maybe that's not for you yeah if you keep trying to get into med school but you've never done well on an mcat yeah. You know, figure out what else you might like and, and make a shift. Exactly. Yeah. I was just, I'm sorry, you looked at me like I had a ah. thought, which I was, I was thinking. Sometimes but I, I wasn't, confuse. I wasn't ready to say it yet. With a thought. <laughs> no. And the last shut thing up. I want to do is get wrinkles by thinking too much. Um, yeah, no, I was just thinking about the idea, like how much, how much goodness can be washed away with like one negative thought it's like a whole month of amazingness and oh, then yeah. someone catches you on the Always. wrong day they're like how is your holidays and years and you're just like did i even have one like man like just dark, like dark shit can yeah. come up in one single moment it can and it can change your entire day around yeah, yeah. where's it come from for you what triggers you okay. uh what triggers me i think my parents are big triggers if they're not happy, I feel like I can't be happy until they are. Right. Which I think is something a lot of adults struggle with. 
Yeah, I'm going through that right now. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. That if my dad, well, my dad is a recovering addict, alcoholic. So if he relapses or he is having a bad day, then I'm instantly, oh my God, is he using again? And I'm, I'm not going to be able to go back to LA and I'm going to have to get him into some treatment again and blah, 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 blah. And like these stories that circle, oh, circle, yeah. circle so fast that already I'm like, better cancel my flight. That's yeah. in three days. Yeah. But really he might just be having a bad day of his own and is not using and is going to be fine in an hour. Totally. But I've already like taken all these steps towards my life is ruined. Yeah, totally. It's like the fear of what you might have to give up or like yeah. for me, it's like the fear that something may happen. I like meditate on it for days and it's not even happening. There's nothing even remotely oh, yeah. like it happening, but I go over All my over worst fears have never come true. Yeah. No. They just don't come true. <laughs> and all my, you, most of my hopes don't come true either. Yeah. You know, and I made this thing up once and it's not like whatever, but the size of my pain is the distance between my fantasy and reality. Yeah. Including in the positive. Because mm-hmm. if I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm this successful TV lead actor, but I'm actually just 32 years old, I haven't been on set in a year, mm-hmm. and I haven't opened my mail in six months, and there's dishes in the sink that are growing mold, mm-hmm. as soon as I look up at that, now the chance of me cleaning, it's even less because of the depression and pain right. at the difference, you know, because I got yeah. fired from that last show two yeah, years yeah, earlier. Yeah. Uh, versus, okay, uh, doesn't mean I'm not capable of those things. Doesn't mean I don't have the heart for them. But right now I'm on my back, I'm down and out. Yeah. And if I don't clean this apartment, I'm fucked. Now that for me was like a literal thing that happened. It was also a long process. That apartment, it's not the montage in the movie where it got cleaned in a day. It got cleaned over months and yeah. months and months. This is something, by the way, to the listener, if I can impart this idea. Now, again, we're talking about some some sort of specific and I, I think somewhat, not necessarily that deep, but like the real stuff, right? Like personal health and that. Self-work, yeah, self-love. These uh, montages the in movies, they make like a year's work happen in a day or a week, right? Like, am I right about this? But it's like, you don't get in shape and dust off the cobwebs yeah. in two weeks of doing sit-ups and pushing a you wheelbarrow. You get it in 30 seconds of a really amazing song. You're like, do, 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 They're just like ready to kick ass. So you're a gym rat now, Emily. No. What are you talking about? No, I'm saying you are. Yeah, but I'm not a gym rat. You're I just, kind of a gym rat. I have started going to the gym for the first time in my life. We got her hooked. I, ha- I used to hate it, hate it, hate it, and never be able to go, but now I like it. Really? Which is weird. I know. And I was like, even a month ago, I was like, I'll go, but I still hate it. Yeah, but yeah. now I'm like, I actually like it. But this week, I've had a lull. I, my love has come to a... Yeah. Uh, uh, it happens. It comes, comes and goes. Ways, yeah. yeah, like anything. What yeah. do you do for your fitness? Um, my typical day, I boot camp at 9.30 in the morning. Nice. And then I'll do either spin class or hot yoga in the day. So, hi, wow. baby. And I know we were talking about this earlier because uh, with the kinds of auditions that come around, there's pretty much not an audition for a girl that doesn't involve partial nudity, right? Right. Where I know that... I Emily, mean, there's a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It comes there. across... Yeah. Comes across the desk more often than not. Yeah. And for me, it was and hard. You, won't, you don't, you don't. Well, for it's kind of resurfaced this week with an audition because I had decided that I wasn't going to because of a bad experience I had on set where I was told I was doing a certain thing, which I was comfortable with, all was well, got to set, 
five in the morning, things changed. Right. No one was there. My actress, Stuart, wasn't on set. Um, yada, yada, yada. It was one of my, I think it was my second job at a theater school. Okay. So I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe I was unclear and like, you know, I'm just going to do it because I don't want to, you know, everyone's waiting for me and whatever. So I did it and then I called my agent and things got all in a kerfuffle because she obviously wasn't down with what I had to do and it was the director who was, you know, making me do something that wasn't detailed enough and with like everything has to be written out before. Wasn't agreed upon. So I was like, you know what, that made me, that put me in a situation that I felt really crappy about myself for a while and like I pissed everyone off, which also felt crappy and all that stuff. So I decided not to do it, which is hard because you miss out on so many roles Um, And lately I've kind of just been starting to ask myself again, like how much am I willing to do now that I'm mid-20s and feel much more confident and Mm -hmm. much more whatever, grounded. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, do you, like, what's your policy on that? Like, I've heard from across the board that it doesn't, there's no, like, stigma attached to whether you do or don't at all. It's like most people don't, and it sometimes comes on a job-to-job basis because this week I auditioned for something that does and I'm quite happy to, do it. I trust the set. I trust the people. It's a good enough role to justify. Yeah, I think it probably just depends on the role in the project. Yeah. Uh, if if you're like, you know, stripper who's going to be naked for the one episode and you have two lines, then probably not. Yeah. You know? Not oh. that that's anything. That's this I, something that's that I... That's what I, I get so <laughs> mad about is like... I mean, it's funny because oh. we're, we're actually producing something and you'd be perfect for the, <laughs> for the stripper. Who has two One lines, of my but, first roles yeah, no, I mean, ever. Um, do you remember Cold Blood? Like non-union, the, reenact, no. the reenactment of uh, murders. murders and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it was one of my first. It might have been my first. Our cat's like <laughs> getting up on Megan right now. <laughs> Sorry, her butt's in her face. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. No, we can't ever have any guests who are allergic to cats. I am allergic to cats, but I love them. Oh, I, I don't love care. <laughs> and I'm allergic to horses. I don't care. Uh so what was I? Oh, so my role was I was raped all day. Um, oh it was Cheryl Miller, and th- there was four possible. Uh, oh, is she's she having a hair. <laughs> <laughs> you can toss her; she'll be fine. No. Yeah. So there was four possible suspects. Uh, so they all had to rape me for the Jesus. show. So I was in a nude thong and nipple covers, but it was non-union then, and like my agent is great but I don't think either of us really knew what I was walking into and when I got there like I was so young I think I was like 16 or 17 my first job so I just went with it so the entire day was me crying on the floor naked and then just like one actor after the other first job in and, simu- and like simulating a rape horrible yeah. this, I, I just hate how every role is like it's unbelievable HBO now it's like yeah yeah, yeah. So how did, how did that go? Like, how did that feel for you at the end? Like, were you... Because there's not just... By the way, again, like, a lot of people always say about, uh, you know, actors, oh, it must be hard to learn all those lines. Oh, it's not the lines. It's not the yeah. lines. I mean, you have so much time, especially if it's TV film. You know, you're shooting 30 lines. Yeah. And maybe all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it pieces together over a week or whatever. And in a film, over months. So usually the lines are actually fairly easy. Of course. It's the feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the behavior. And, you know, you're getting raped. Yeah. I mean, you probably didn't have any lines there. No. So. <laughs> At the time, I was so young and so naive that I was like, oh, okay. Like, I kind of just went with it um, and did my job, cried, and was in the moment. And then I remember a couple years ago, uh, a wardrobe lady worked with me on another project, and she was like, I was so upset about that. That whole day, I just thought it was so inappropriate. And, like, I, I even wanted to call someone. So 
looking back, I was like, oh, I guess it wasn't appropriate. But at the time, I was like, oh, I, I get to be on set. It's amazing <laughs> how swept up you get in yeah. action, which is exactly how I felt. I actually didn't even, I was taking the bus home and I was like, I think that was maybe not, not exactly what yeah. was, you know. Yeah. And then I got home and explained it to Sean, and he's like, that sounds really weird that yeah. they would, you know, make you do something that you weren't, you didn't even know. The wardrobe people didn't even know I was doing yeah. it. It's like, that's a miscommunication. Well, totally. And I mean, aside from the fact that there's union rules that prohibit that yeah. for a good reason, yeah. it's the preying on the idea that you're young and don't know, mm. or yeah. that it's an early exactly. job. Like, no, yeah. uh, I, I mean, it's not quite true, because it goes back to what we talked about, which is, has the part right yeah. like if you're blah 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 number two uh you know stripper number two well n- nobody should really have a problem with playing a stripper but yeah. it's when it's stripper number two with no name yeah. and all it is is tits and yeah. whatever uh but somebody's gonna want to do that role yeah and uh and there's nothing wrong for with that. my money god bless them mm-hmm. totally um, that's and, the thing it's just how it makes you feel at the end of the day yeah if you can there are some scenes that are just rocking with nudity that yeah. are justified and the the girl feels confident and like looks confident yeah. and it looks great. If it makes you feel weird at the end of the day, I think that's where you get into I'll a get naked right now like, for a Domino's uh, Brooklyn style pizza. That's okay. that's how fucking you Yeah, know. some See, people I have think no my first thoughts are just I think my own insecurities like oh god the crew's gonna see my ass I don't have a very nice ass oh my god like what if my co-star thinks I'm chubby like blah, blah, blah. like yeah. my own negative thought right which is what circles. we were just talking yeah. about yeah. but it's not really about like <laughs> what are people gonna think of me being naked it's like are they gonna think my abs look good <laughs> so I'm vain <laughs> so I wanna, hold on. Let, me, let me let me steer this so I want to know you guys's opinion so um Okay, this is how much of an asshole I am. I was just going to say George Clooney's wife because I don't know her her proper name. So I'm going to look it up. So I'm not that guy. So Amal Clooney. Looks like she's taken his last name. Born Alamudin. Uh, there's all the jokes at the Golden Globes uh, about, about her the gloves. Eye. Well, <laughs> I'm I don't know. I thought that. But this is my point, right? So she goes to the Golden Globes and they make that wonderful joke, which is fantastic, that for all she's done, he's getting the Lifetime Achievement Award, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and all we're worried about is what she's wearing. Mm-hmm. But it's the Golden Globes. Why are, you know, it's it's not for her. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go to the steelworkers plant and expect to get a gold watch for 50 I years of service. I am like, ah! Right? But so... I think the thing that they're saying is that there is no platform where we're all, like, you know, gawking at people who are doing amazing things socially. We're gawking at movie stars. But isn't gawking at anybody already removing it? Because I'm sure she's getting I'm w- saying gawking, and- which is a really negative word, but I mean, there's not a night to celebrate and that is globally, right. like, as in high esteem, right. as the Golden Globes, for a person who's done way... Like equal to, I mean, they're totally, and that's what. Or at least, at least, March, at, no, I'm not that. saying anything about him. Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Oh, whatever. No, seriously, I, 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 I'm asking. I'm bad at I'm podcasts wondering. because I just no. realized I just like, I'm just like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> you have to like read my mind or you're not gonna really get it <laughs> yeah well it's pretty easy to read across the microphone what do you what do you think about just generally the idea that we're looking at her dress and she's on the red carpet and people are mispronouncing her name thinking of her as george clooney's wife right uh i don't i don't know what i think about her specifically but i do think that if you are a celebrity or a person with a voice that you really should use your voice to to make 
a difference and, and try to make a better world. Which, by the way, is an interesting one because a George Clooney does do that. Which I is mean, a, he's and, never I, and I think everyone was laughing and was with it. Oh, absolutely, yeah, George absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. of the fact that they were just using this perfect platform to compare right. our worlds. It's nothing about the Golden Globes. It's nothing about that night in particular. Commenting on what she's wearing—that's to be expected. You know, at she, the Golden she's, right. she's not known yet, or whatever. But now that she is, maybe she, now that her voice is going to be heard by more, that we'll hear more about her and the good things that she's doing because she's George well, Clooney's and, wife. But whatever, and water seeks its know. own level because yeah. George Clooney's never not used his platform. Exactly. Every interview yeah. he discusses politics, and, yeah. and people make fun of him for it. And who cares? Because he's doing the very no, thing you're talking about. No, but the thing that they're saying is people are stupid because they don't know who she is because they don't care about people who are doing good, like making good exactly. changes. Exactly. So the world. if right. they're they care about if the she if she is getting awards argument. for all the good things she's doing, it the average citizen isn't hearing about it exactly. because it's not being televised or it's not it's not public. So what do we think of that? That's what I I think is. A tricky situation because the general public doesn't really it's not inspiring but i think it's the way we set up our social mm. system and our media and right. all those things we can we can give the people more news about those people and celebrate them and make them celebrities i, I think also if we wanted to. celebrities as much as they want to be like humble and not put it all out there like i never knew that keanu reeves did a ton of charity and gave a ton of money to good causes and those are things that I want to know and it's because he right. probably wants to be a humble person and like I'm just doing what I should be doing by the way little plug here because I'm a, such a massive Keanu fan I've even mentioned him on other podcasts Have I've you? loved him since before speed since before yeah. basically point break and but all his stuff like the river's edge and uh, Bill and Ted's and all that stuff Keanu Reeves is one of the richest young actors because of the Matrix. Yeah, like far more than but like he, Matt Damon or the other guys. He gives his money. He signed off on the back end of his salary for Matrix Two and Three because he'd already made like three hundred fifty million dollars. Mm. Like the only other actor who's not producing to do that's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. and he said I'm rich enough for like so many lifetimes. So he made sure all the tech guys and all the yeah, computer guys, which is that's so, who that guy is. But I want to know about these things more. Like, and the I think argument it's so important isn't whether it. I just feel like we're still missing the argument of what they're saying is like not whether celebrities are like whether we know about the good things that famous people are doing but it's just, that we know yeah. people who aren't famous who are doing amazing things I think Facebook yeah. is good for that reason that I, I feel like I get to read a lot of articles and see a lot of yeah short, I do think it's kind of changed like yeah people are sharing a lot of positive yeah the unsung hero kind of videos yeah, and yeah well, that's Everyday what's interesting about Facebook are... is we're... So I've talked about this too, the idea that we're very fractured, right? Mm -hmm. So nobody has a shared experience. So if it's the 80s, mm -hmm. you're all either opening the Globe and Mail, the Toronto Star. There was no National Post mm -hmm. even then. Uh, so everybody's kind of getting the same news. Mm -hmm. And now, God bless FB, it's the news feed. You're choosing your news. I'm choosing yeah. mine. She's choosing hers. So that's really mm -hmm. all of a sudden a fragmented so yeah. we're not all getting the same story or hearing about the same people mm -hmm. so it's tougher for any one let's say humanitarian and by the way as we all know from our industry it's tougher even to just be a famous actor I mean yeah. with 90 channels instead yeah. of three yeah uh, your show might get 300,000 viewers instead sure. of you know my first show got a million viewers right. Uh, and that we ended up getting canceled after two seasons when it hit like six, seven hundred thousand. Right. And then below that, it was cancel time. That would be a successful show right now because yeah. of all the other platforms and ways to watch shows. Um, so I think, again, that it's really hard for someone who's not already even newer performers. I mean, there's always going to be a Taylor Swift or Jennifer Lawrence. 
But it's harder and harder, even for, for actors like us, who are in that nice middle mass of working actor, to just be assured that we're going to work the way we used to when it was just, oh, you're doing well in TV? Great. Here's your next year's right. of pretty consistent stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm sort of relating that to the idea that I don't know what humanitarians are, are, are doing, but I don't care. Totally. I have a question for you based on that. How do you think the like term celebrity has changed, like has changed from, let's say, you know, the 40s, 50s to now to are we caring more about celebrities? Are we caring less because we are getting so we know so much about their lives now that there's almost a weird connection to them that has never happened before i feel like personally i know taylor swift i feel like right. if i went to new york i could legit call her up and that's heartbreaking every time i go to la i'm i'm like oh, wait what i don't know james franco no you don't but you just no. follow him on instagram and so you think you do yeah you know where he is in new york that <laughs> so, yeah exactly and you're yeah. so frustrated because i well, so, have weird fantasies about being Taylor Swift's friend, but how do you think that takes that makes them more idolized or less idolized? I just think or? it's different idolized, it's right? Different, because there's yeah. videos of Elvis and girls screaming and passing out at the concert, yeah. and that happens at Taylor Swift too. Mm-hmm. I just feel it's like more accessible now, kind of more accessible. Yeah. But like she was just saying, she still has her compound yeah. on Cape Cod that. We you don't go it. to. We drove by it, but you couldn't drive by Elvis's house too back mm-hmm. in the 70s. Like, yeah. uh, just because you know where she lives or where she went to dinner last night, you're not eating there. Yeah. You know, there's a waiting list for a year, uh, but she's there. So we feel like we're there. Do you think there's more leverage for marketing and publicity that way? Or do you think it actually takes away from the ability to create these like George Clooney-esque I mean, I think yeah. it all has to do with what people like. Okay, so um, my dad and I always talk about this. You know, my dad's 86 or 87, so he grew up in the golden age of cinema. Mm-hmm. And my God, every piece of press was micromanaged. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were fake marriages right. that the whole yeah, world yeah. believed were real. Certain people couldn't be shot from certain yeah. angles. Uh, however, there was still the like the myth of... Uh, uh, Lana Turner getting discovered at Schwab's drugstore. Well, that was a manufactured myth. But you can go to Schwab's drugstore. It's basically at like Highland and... Uh, is it Highland? I can't remember exactly where it is. La Brea and Hollywood, I think. It's still kind of there. That doesn't mean that that A happened and B, you have any connection to that person. But all of America's youth felt like they were now connected because they could do it too. Now, my point really is... is so like, it's a different... It's different, but it's kind of the same. Well, it's kind of the same because it's it, yeah. that thing where... They felt they felt connected then. It's just 100%. a different kind of connection now. Like and I can see Taylor Swift's cats every single day. They're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but also too the idea that like nobody knew. So for example, uh, Warren Beatty made Bonnie and Clyde, and it's a pretty famous story that Jack Warner basically gave him forty percent of the movie and was like, I don't give a shit about this movie. Nothing's going to go well. Go do your thing, Warren. You're a movie star. You can have this one and then come back to making our movies. And Bonnie and Clyde made so much money because it was this like counterculture shot. The point is, is now every studio head is running around going, uh, uh, we got to get the next Bonnie and Clyde. And then Easy Rider came next. This is all in Easy Rider's Raging Bulls. I'm not making anything up here, but it's like immediately... Nobody knows, but they're all trying to find the next thing. And I think that's the exact same that's happening today. Somebody out there who's working for a record company's trolling YouTube and going, who just got 2 million hits last night from a cover they posted? Yeah. Which isn't unlike, and then they'll kind of go, 
okay, well, let's look at maybe giving them a record deal. Mm. I, you know, it's still kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. what's the next big thing? How do we whatever? And no one really knows, you know, which, which kind of goes back to the idea of being authentic. Because I can't, f- if you could tell me how I could go make $12 million as an actor next year just by going viral. Yeah. You know, hey, go viral. Good luck. <laughs> like, how are you going to go viral? Mm-hmm. You can't. You do something and maybe it goes viral. Chances, you never know. You never know. No. So just do what you want. And it usually takes the most authentic performance to become viral and no one who wants to go yeah. viral is yeah. able to muster <laughs> exactly. the authenticity yeah. it takes to uh. <laughs> become. How do you handle social media? Do you, are you a fan? Do you, you use Instagram? I have Instagram. And yeah, and I have Facebook. Facebook? Yeah. I don't have Twitter. Right. Um, yeah, I, 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 use, I use Instagram more so. But I do find myself lately on there a little too much, like on the explore page and like this person. It just takes up a lot of time. And I think the danger is is that it's not reality. Yeah. You know, like you can think you know this about this person or this person commented. So this must mean this. And but it's not reality. Like it's. I think it's. I could think it can get a little dangerous. Yeah, it's kind of like the same thing as making those fears up in your head. Of exactly, it can be bad for like I think your your self care and just for your 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 real world. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, well, so we were talking about this. I was talking with Aaron Poole, a friend of ours, this morning, and he uh, he's had to spend a lot of time away from his daughter and that kind of thing. And so when I did a film in Greece this year, Emily and I FaceTimed. I think every night, mm-hmm. if not almost every night. Mm-hmm. And I got home and had the biggest illusion that I actually still knew the person the way I thought I did the night before. Right. Because there's this absolute illusion of intimacy that looking at the face like Mm -hmm. hugely as though we're almost going to kiss nightly, but the animal hasn't felt the animal in two months. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden it's like... It's almost worse than if we'd just written letters. Because if you're just writing letters, you've got these poetic (laughs) capsules of thoughts. But there isn't the fake sense that you know everything about this person still. Because the reality is after two and a bit months apart, we had to refine a feeling and a glue. It's like starting to date. So you, if you are texting a guy and then you see them... You you feel like you know them, but then it's kind of awkward because you realize you don't really. Yeah. How do you handle like? The, are you a texter when it comes to starting to date uh, people, or are you more of a please just call me? I would prefer just to use texting to make plans and get together. Mm-hmm. But that being said, if I am like starting to date someone, I'm like, why aren't they texting me? <laughs> yeah, thinking that's about where it me. Fun. And then I'm like, well, but I don't really want them to, but I kind of do. Uh. <laughs> like, you know, it's so. How many times a year I'm asked like. Do you think I should text him back or just wait a bit? Um, oh my and god! Like, it's just yeah. like the the timing of the text message is everything. I feel like there's a language within texting, and then there's a language. But again, it's what the so dangerous because it's not reality. Like, oh my, just I'm like, oh, he put an exclamation mark there. What does that mean? Oh yeah. But who, like, who gives a fuck? Because yeah. we're not actually communicating. Period means he's pissed. Yeah. That means or end like, of conversation. He's only using the word you, not y o u. So he must not really care about this text. <laughs> like, right. it's so fucked up. Oh yeah. Or it's like. <laughs> Nine in the morning. Oh my god! And the first thing he thought of, it's like yeah. maybe not. Maybe, maybe he has a girl sleeping gym. beside him right yeah. now. Like, well, that's we the crazy know. part, right? Is that a maybe? But if if you're not committed, who cares? And yeah. b, uh, that's the whole picture of it. Because I actually didn't. I haven't done a lot of dating when texting showed up. Yeah, it just kind of. You were a texter. 
Well, that's the, that's part of why we <laughs> no, that's whole, that's actually part of why we 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 connected pretty easily. Yeah, is because I know for myself, I actually never sat around thinking about texting you. Yeah, uh, that's I kind of just followed impulse, and maybe it's because I'm a bit older, so I never. It wasn't. Un- yeah, it was I think it's more commu- so ours that's like our generation that's like texting is so available that if you're not texting me, you're probably not thinking about me, which isn't the truth. No, but and I feel like now guys get it. If you call a girl, you're like doing really good it's like that's the easiest thing it is a ge- it's gentle it's, it's a gentleman, gentleman yeah. and you're getting a free pass it's like uh, absolutely so i'm huge on old school right like yeah. i really think that and again it's easy for me to say because i'm getting into that bracket where i mean me and a 20 year old have very little in common yeah. in terms of the world in which we grew up right uh so that becomes a even me and a 25 or 30 year old there's still pre yeah. Post digital. Yeah. That yeah. twenty year old is never not known like cell phones or yeah. what I would call a sense like free uploading of the internet or being at home in front of your computer when you're twelve. Like, you know, uh porn aside, I'd have never left the house if I you know, had a computer at that age that was connected to all these people. And aside from all these like supposed things like narcissism that gets promoted through all this stuff. Which obviously it does because mm-hmm. you're creating yeah. an avatar yeah. of yourself. Yeah. And then that's basically what like narcissist in the yeah. uh, myth is someone who's looking at himself and his whole concept of self is evaluated. Oh, hey, we got some questions. Um, Katie Boland, who's going to be a future guest here, uh, says, Megan, if you weren't an actress, what would you do? Yeah. What is your most cherished memory and what's your pet peeve? Oh, by the way, you should Did- not get bangs. Oh, okay. Does Katie Boland, don't get banged. Sorry, she, this I is just saw her. Katie, I don't, I don't know. I think we've met officially, but not officially, officially. Right. Um, but every female that I know that knows Katie talks about you. Is she listening? I guess Katie oh. so positively and says she's such a girls' girl that like is supportive and loving towards other females, and I think that's so so important. Absolutely, she is. She really Absolutely. is. Yeah. So. I've met her only a few times, and I feel like I think I'm that's like, like so important yeah. not to compete and put each other down, but just to send love to each other. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So, 100%. so uh, what would you do if you weren't an actress? I don't have a plan B. Good for you. I well, everyone always says I should be a vet. So I guess I, I'm vet. not. I'm not smart enough to be a fucking vet. Yes, but, you are. No, not, but ah. <laughs> I always see your dog pictures, and I'm like, I want to. Yeah, I was something with animals, or or maybe. Uh, Were you not good children. in school? Did you not? I was. But so what I, are you talking about? Uh, no, I. There's I, no I, way you weren't smart enough to be a vet. No, um, but science and math weren't my. Weren't your forte? Yeah. So. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. What's your most cherished memory? Cherished memory. Uh, Oh, okay. I remember, I guess this this, this is the first thing that came to mind. So I don't know if it's the most, but it came to my mind. So uh, I was living, my parents sent me away to live in Ottawa when I was six while they were divorcing. Um, And I was really close with my dad. So, and I used to go on the school bus with my aunt and drive all the kids to work and my dad drove a red Jimmy and I hadn't nice. seen him for and I hadn't seen him for a year. So I remember we were all getting on the school bus and I saw this red Jimmy and I missed my dad so much. And I was like, well, it can't possibly be him because he's at home. Um, and then he came like running up to the bus and I was like six <laughs> and I hadn't seen him for so long. And I was just like my heart. I was so, so happy. That's adorable. That's, That's so. a awesome. memory. Yeah. And then what's your pet peeve? My pet peeve? Um, I don't know. 
Okay, well, you know what? We'll come back to pet peeve. What's your pet peeve, Em? Yeah. Basketball's hitting you in the head. (laughs) (laughs) I will fucking kill someone who whips a basketball out of my head. I like I didn't know that about you. That's been, See, this is that's what I guess. <laughs> this is the best. You guys are learning more about each other again. I know, right? It's like the newlywed game. Um, Christina Johnston, um, it might be too late. No, it isn't because we're, we're just about to wind down. We're not there yet. Megan and, and Emily too, and I guess I'll answer. How do you feel about female roles in film and TV and the depth of character for most of the roles offered? We touched upon this a bit compared to the male counterparts. Um, I think Maggie Gyllenhaal said it pretty well at the Golden Globes that uh, <clears throat> everyone was saying there's strong roles, but there's also vulnerable, sexy, not sexy. And I think, um, I think it's progressing more and more. Yeah, I think I love how much this subject has gotten attention over the last little while. Yeah. Me too. And <clears throat> I love girls like Hannah Cheeseman who are just making their own stuff, rocking yeah. it out. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like it's cool to have strong feminine characters and that's all we need for it to be cool because the more the merrier. I've read for amazing roles this year that I'd be like, oh, that would be so badass. I'd be so sexy. That'd be so fun and strong mm-hmm. to play. Mm-hmm. And there's also a ton that are stupid. <laughs> but, right. but there's stupid there's, male roles too. To, yeah, totally. So... I, I hope that it's changing. You know, it's yeah. interesting for me because, I mean, on one hand, I mean, I, I, I often slag off my mom's uh, messages to me as a kid, you know, because um, some of them were pretty negative and harsh. But the one thing she fought so hard for and, you know, even when she was, uh, you know, a young professor in the 60s at the University of Guelph, I mean, put her job on the line to get proper maternity leave or it was only in the 80s, mm-hmm. partly because of mm-hmm. her being so aggressive that equal pay for equal women happened. Like we got mm-hmm. a pool. Why? Because they went, shit, we've been paying you like 70% for 15 yeah. years. So they got like a retroactive lump sum, like cool stuff, like that she was part of that I don't have to deal with. So she really insisted on this equality thing. Uh, I definitely think the default is that men are generally the leads or whatever, but yeah. I see it changing. And it's interesting because, I mean, I've only directed two things. One was a play and it was just about two women. Yeah. Uh, they were. That was it. And then the other thing was a film that we created. Uh, and the whole story is essentially M's character is the lead, right. and the supporting lead is it the guy? Is it the other girl, Kelly yeah, McCormick yeah. or Brett Donahue? Who yeah. knows? The point though is that it was never a thought. And I don't even mean for me. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back for anybody involved. No guy ever went. Oh, you're doing a female script. Ever no guy, it just never came up, mm-hmm. and I think that's the point I'm trying to make. think it's slowly becoming less and less and of a question. Exactly, and contemporary, like our contemporaries are making it a huge yeah. you know, issue. There's a lot of people talking about it. Olivia Wilde had that amazing interview, mm-hmm. and like, there's been a ton of people speaking out for it. So I think it's starting to change, but obviously it's going to take a while for everything to, to for it not to be a thought, for it not to just try to be trendy to have a, you know, yeah, strong have female a strong lead. female lead, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, uh, what's your most cherished memory, Em? I want to go back to that one. Oh, um, oh, it's intimate. Okay, we won't go there. Elizabeth Van Stone Hickling. <gasps> she was my <laughs> hi. She was my um, like t- she worked at my high school and worked in my drama department, and we're BFF. So her question is, Emily, you promised when you were famous you would come to my kid's birthday party. You still game? Yes. Mrs. Hickling? P.S. This convo happened on the bus home for the Sears Drama Fest in St. Mary's. 
proud of you, kid. Uh, <laughs> I'm proud of you too, kid. She is the best. And absolutely, I love clowning, so I will clown for your <laughs> you parties. Say. You let me know when I'm famous enough, so I'll just, because I'm game whenever. <laughs> Amazing. And then I think we got one more question here. Okay, uh, Largine Korstecki. Um, in the same vein as Christina, what type or specific role do you think you could kick ass at that no one has perhaps seen you explore yet? What a fantastic question. I'd like us all three to answer this and then we'll take it home. Okay. So you guys go first. Okay, Em, you go. Um, I think that I I like the quirkier, more comedic kind of characters, even though I go to, for a lot of drama and classical stuff. But my dream role would be a quirky, comedic strong girl who also kicks ass and does a lot of like fighting that the, is cool <laughs> like the girl in kick ass or like you know i i i imagine like sort of an action film but the the basis is comedic which is the basis of kick ass is quite funny oh totally i would love to do something like that um i don't think i am seen as kind of like maybe Wafier, and I would like to try to do a physical role. All that time that... in the gym, man. There <laughs> you go. Gym rat. <laughs> gym rat. What about you, Maine? Ah, uh, what would I like to do? I think. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> a really good burper. <laughs> Remnants of our <laughs> beginning. Remnants of our opening. Um, what do I think? <laughs> Uh, okay, wait. I'm thinking. Um, I think I I'm good at. Um, I think when the, the when the the female the character is out of control, whether it be like crazy or 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 sadness or like vulnerability. But I think I work best when. Um, I think I'd be I play like a good like drug addict or off center sort of like yeah balance. yeah I, I act that. best in in that way. I get to do it in class a lot, but I haven't got to do it on screen like have you ever seen like Abby Cornish and Candy I would love a role like that where she's just so falling and out of I don't think it would be easy but I think it would be it'd be great it'd be fun yeah Yeah, I'd love to see that for me it's uh, comedy you know I don't go out for much of the comedy stuff Mm -hmm. I don't get to do much comedy stuff and uh, it's heartbreaking to me because that's basically the root for me of all this entertainment it's like a great half hour I'm not as funny as you you're not (laughs) remember we talked about that if Where's the evidence to support this? No, you're funny, man. Uh, yeah, maybe, so there you go. I gotta, I gotta make you're sure funny. people see it. Uh, he makes good fart noises. Yeah, and, and burps. That's all. Well, it's like think, high school um, humor. I think we'll take us home. Is there anything you want to uh, take us home with, Megan Hutchings? Megan Hatchings. Megan Hatchings. No, thanks. I'm so happy to hang out with you guys, and I'm excited to watch you play your music tonight. Uh, oh, thanks for coming. You know, I'll put um, in a plug in case. And Em will be coming to, to stay with me, right? Maybe for yes. a couple days. Yes. So, yep. yeah. Thanks for your questions. Um, Imogen, Christina, and Katie. Brilliant. Awesome. Thanks for joining us on Chatting Between Takes, and that's a wrap. <laughs> Fuck, I wish I had one. One second. Oh.